Hey everyone, welcome back to the session series from the Georgia Chamber Podcasts. As always, we're your hosts, Kayla Robertson and Katie Duvall. Crossover day is exactly one week away from when we're recording this, which is somehow both very relieving and also a little bit anxiety inducing because that means we have seven days left to get bills passed out of their chamber of origin. That's right. And while it's seven weekdays, it's only three legislative days, which will undoubtedly be jam-packed with committee meetings, supplemental rules calendars, and pure chaos. (laughs) We will be in on Monday and Tuesday, and then crossover day is Thursday. Also, just a fun fact, it's February 29th, which is leap day, so I feel like that just throws its own (laughs) own piece of chaos into the mix. It's extra chaotic this year. We do have a lot to discuss today, so let's just jump right in. We have somehow made it to week seven without having any healthcare discussions, but that changed this week with the introduction of HB 363. HB 363 is a rural hospital tax credit bill that our Government Affairs Council not only took a support position on, it is now the Chamber's fifth scorecard bill of the 2024 session. Katie, why is this bill so important to ensuring access to healthcare in our rural communities? House Bill 363 is by Representative John LaHood of Valdosta, and like you mentioned, it is the first piece of healthcare legislation we've taken up. It's important because it would amend the law relating to tax credits for contributions to rural hospital organizations. It would increase the rural hospital tax credit cap from $75 million to $80 million and would also extend the sunset on this program, which was originally set to sunset this year, December 31st, 2024. It would extend it to December 31st, 2029. This bill would also allow hospitals that are designated as rural emergency hospitals to be added to the definition of a rural hospital organization. It would move the contribution deadline from December 31st to October 31st. This piece of legislation is super important as rural communities across Georgia have seen hospital closures and have experienced limited options for care. This often requires residents of these rural communities to have to drive lengthy distances just to see a doctor. The expansion and extension of the rural hospital tax credit will allow for hospitals in these often disadvantaged communities to be able to keep their doors open and increase access to care for all citizens in the state, no matter what their zip code is. Our Government Affairs Council also took support positions on HB 1172, and that is a bill from Representative James Burchett, and it deals with water rights. And this bill and its companion bill in the Senate by Senator Sam Watson are getting a lot of attention. There was a study committee that took place over the summer who addressed the issue. So, Katie, can you tell us a little bit about why these bills are so important and what do they aim to accomplish? Yes. So these bills are a result of kind of a late last minute bill that passed last year in the literally last 15 minutes of the 2023 legislative session that fundamentally shifted the state's water policy dealing with private property rights and the public trust doctrine. As you mentioned, these bills are a direct result of the study committee on fishing access to freshwater resources, which was chaired by the bill's author, House Whip James Burchette, last fall. They had hours and hours of lengthy testimony from landowners, sportsmen, and representatives from the ag and forestry communities, and they came out with a committee report that recommended that the legislature maintain the underlying purpose of Senate Bill 115, that bill we mentioned that passed in those last few minutes of the session, while removing reference to the public trust doctrine. Upholding Georgia's longstanding commitment to private property rights is crucial to maintaining our state's position as the number one state in which to do business, and this legislation is a priority issue for the ag industry. Of course, we at the Georgia Chamber value the growth and prosperity of our statewide economy, 
and agribusiness is the number one industry in the state for the number one state in which to do business. We want to do all we can to preserve that industry. And that's it for this week's GAC updates. And again, like we said last week, these are not the only bills that our Government Affairs Council is tracking and is taking positions on. But if we went over every piece of that legislation, we would be here recording all night. So that's just the highlights. You're right. Our GAC bill tracker is currently sitting at over 700 pieces of legislation, and that is a very rough estimate. It's over 100 pages. Mm-hmm. That number grows every day. We, we have first readers every day. We're continuing to update that. But aside from our GAC action this week, we have some legislative updates for everyone. I'll start on the education front. We have Senate Bill 360 by Senator Billy Hickman of Statesboro, and it passed out of the House on Tuesday. Senate Bill 360 allows for capital outlay funds to be used for educational facilities for voluntary pre-kindergarten programs provided by school systems, while also making it permissible for the inclusion of pre-kindergarten numbers into student projection counts. It is now headed across the hall to the Senate, where it has been assigned to the Senate Education and Youth Committee for further consideration. Also on the education front, last week we talked to y'all about House Bill 1124 by Representative Chuck Martin of Alpharetta. As a reminder, that extends the college completion or last mile grant to help traditional and non-traditional students finish their post-secondary education. It passed out of the House of Representatives earlier today on Thursday morning, and it ensures, like I said, that students who go to USG or TCSG system schools, as well as any other credentialed programs, will have access to these dollars that will help students pay for regular life hurdles like childcare or rent want to make sure that these students have the financial capacity to be able to finish their education. And since it passed out of the House, it now heads across the Capitol to the Senate for further consideration. And your favorite part of every episode, it is time to talk about taxes. I've been getting a lot of grief around the Capitol (laughs) this week for my love of taxes, but in the world of taxes, we did see some movement this week on a couple of bills that we now have positions on. Um, First is House Bill 946 by Representative Lee Hawkins of Gainesville, and this passed out of the full House of Representatives on Monday. This is a T-SPLOST bill in the transportation world that is also in the tax world. It adjusts the single county T-SPLOST law to levy a 1% tax and adds language from the local option sales tax or lost law such that once a city or cities making up more than 50% of a municipal population sign onto an intergovernmental agreement or IGA, The tax may be levied up to the full 1%, and the remaining cities that do not sign on will be considered absent municipalities. I'll let you sit and digest all of that because (laughs) it's a lot. But as I mentioned, the House version of this passed out on Monday, and then there is also a Senate version, Senate Bill 383 by Senator Shelley Eccles of Gainesville, and it passed out of the Senate Finance Committee on Wednesday and will now head to Senate Rules. My last little uh, tax update on bills that we have positions on is House Bill 808 that I think we've mentioned almost every week since we started recording, and it passed out of the Full Ways and Means Committee on Wednesday. As a reminder, this is by Representative Mike Chokas of Americas and raises the exemption threshold of tangible personal property tax from $7,500 to $20,000, and it is now eligible for House rules as well. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that housing is a top priority for the chamber this session, and we did see some movement on our scorecard housing bill this week. What's the update there? Yes, so last week we mentioned our affordable housing scorecard bill, House Bill 1266 by Representative Dale Washburn. On Wednesday, the House Governmental Affairs Committee favorably reported on this bill. 
As a reminder, it increases local government's access to an array of state grants and loans as they allow for additional housing to be built within their communities. Of course, workforce housing, as we've talked about again week after week, is one of the priorities of the Georgia Chamber. So this bill helps to promote that, and it's something that we're happy to support and scorecard. And it, as well as all of the other bills I've mentioned, moves on to House Rules. That's going to be the theme of the week, <laughs> things moving on to House Rules so that they can move across the hall. And we also saw some positive movement on the military spouses occupational licensing bill that I believe is also a scorecard bill. Yes, it is. I think it was our first scorecard bill of the year, House Bill 880 by Representative Bethany Ballard of Warner Robins. It passed out of the House Regulated Industries Committee on Tuesday, and it seeks to strengthen our military families and communities by allowing for those spouses of um, those in the military to be able to use an existing license and good standing from another state to obtain employment in Georgia when they are stationed here in the state. And like I've mentioned, it's moved on to House rules for further consideration. Of course, you know, we we have so many different positions on things. There are also things that we track that we don't have specific positions on. I got to touch on my taxes one more time. A number of bills from the Joint Tax Credit Review Panel that are very instrumental to the business community passed out of Ways and Means this week, including House Bill 1180, which is about the film tax credit, House Bill 1181, which changes some carry-forward periods and repeals a number of smaller exemptions, House Bill 1182 for uh, low-income housing. As crossover day approaches, we will continue to keep our eyes and ears peeled for any development or changes made to these pieces of legislation, of course, that are also instrumental to the business community. All right, Katie, thank you for those updates. This has been another episode of the session series from the Georgia Chamber podcast. Now, you're definitely going to want to make sure that you tune in next week because me and Katie will be recording a special edition, if you will, episode for Crossover Day. So we're going to be popping in and out to record little tidbits here and there as the day progresses and we see movement. So hopefully you'll be hearing from some special guests. We're not really sure. Crossover Day is very chaotic and it's going to be wild, but we're going to bring you guys along for the ride and it's going to be very fun. It is going to be wild. It's going to be chaotic. If you would like to be a special guest, please let us know. We've had a, we had to kick a few people off the couch in here so we re- could record who were dying to be on the podcast. So if you want to be on it, Thursday's your day. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week for Crossover Day. See you on the other side.